Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. Wild game is not gamey unless you haven't treated it right. And then the most important part is cook it right. Marinate it with fresh herbs and garlic and cook it rare on your grill quickly. You can always put it back on and slice it across the grain, and it's so good it'll make you slap your grandmother. I'm Robin Sussingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm, The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. This week, we're living off the land. Locally grown and sustainable are more than just catchphrases for our guests. Restaurateur Ed Childs finds delicious uses for one of Florida's invasive species, and Emmanuel Rue turned a vacant city lot into a productive and educational urban farm. We'll also check in with Tampa Mayor Jane Castor to get the dish on her favorite food and local restaurants. As Tampa's newly elected mayor, Jane Castor has a lot of priorities from transportation to safety to affordable housing. But those aren't the only things on her plate. I recently had a chance to ask Mayor Castor about her favorite local restaurants and who does the cooking at home. So what about your favorite food? My favorite food is just about everything. I... um, no, no, you got to pick some. I know. I some. love to to uh, try different foods. And now, you know, I've lived in Seminole Heights my entire adult life since I was 21 years old. And now it's the hip place oh, to be. So many restaurants. I know. And they have so many restaurants there. Uh, so, hmm, if I had to pick my favorite, uh, I tell you what, recently it has been uh, Michelle Fiedo's Cuban Sandwiches. That's uh That's a good Tampa answer. I know it really is <laughs> and it's the truth too. I just um matter of fact I had one last night. I had I had uh, half of one left over in the refrigerator and I, we had a an event the mayor's ball last night and I never had the opportunity to eat. I was I was uh taking photos and talking to people Hobnobbing, so, I know. So I had to do it when I got home. And your partner is Anna Cruz. Anna Cruz. And she mm-hmm. is a lobbyist. Mm-hmm. She works for uh, Ballard Partners. Okay. Do you guys cook? She does. She is an incredible, incredible chef. Yes, she's amazing. I tell you, she's one of those people that her idea of a fun evening is to have like 30 people over and cook for them and do it all herself. And she just loves it. She enjoys doing that. And 30 people would be my family. That would be like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas or something like that. I certainly don't have 30 friends over You have the a, a house. big extended family. With I have a very big family. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of nieces and nephews. Yes. Uh-huh. What about your favorite restaurant? Favorite restaurant, um, 
I would say right now Edison's just went there the other night. Oh, Mise en Place. Uh, there's a hundred. Now, see, you can't get me in that corner. Because <laughs> then I've got my neighborhood. I've got Ichikoro, Front Porch, uh, Sea House, Rooster in the Till. So I've got... Uh, all of those. Oh, Eulalie as well. You know, I live on the river. I've lived on the river for, um, gosh, almost 20 years, right down by Lowry Park Zoo. And uh, as I tell people, certainly not during the campaign. I haven't been out on my boat in uh, way, way, way too long. But for some reason, I don't know, it's some sort of defect with my boat. But as I go down the river, it always veers into Eulalie's. I don't know. <laughs> the how, defect. Right. I don't know what it is. I have to find out with a manufacturer. But their, um, their charbroiled oysters are to die for. Ed Childs is the son of the late governor, Lawton Childs. He's also the owner of several seafood restaurants, and he has a passion for local and sustainable food sourcing. I spoke to him about the way his restaurants have been experimenting with cooking wild-caught hogs. We're doing things with, you know, wild pigs in Florida where there's a million invasive pigs. They're a problem. They're causing all kinds of problems on environmentally sensitive lands and neighborhoods and golf courses. But it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to take lemons and make limoncella because wild pig meat is fabulous. All right, the pigs came from Spain in 1539 in May with Hernando de Soto, and they were Iberian, two-toed, black Iberian pigs, which are the finest pigs in the world. So that's the strain we've got. Wait, that's the wild hogs that you the see? The first run- wild hogs. The first 13 pigs that came to Florida came with the Spanish. There was no domestic pigs. The Europeans hadn't gotten here yet. Some of those pigs got out. The, the domestic pigs came. There was hanky-panky going on. The Russian boars came over on the land bridge. A little bit more intermixing. But our pigs, our wild pigs, that one million that are a problem in Florida have Iberian blood in them. And we've got a guy here in your area uh, uh, that is doing a new model for this. We've been selling wild pigs for about six years from a ranch called Three Sons Ranch down in Punta Gorda. Unfortunately, they stopped doing it. You got a guy right here in your backyard that is doing things with uh, these wild pigs by holding them for 60 days and finishing them on acorns. The finest ham in the world is Iberico Berlata. Berlata means acorns. That's a free-range Iberian pig that eats acorns. Our pigs are eating acorns. The wild pigs, that's, the, that's God's food for them, right? It's the best in amino acid, protein, and fats. If you put corn down for pigs and peanuts down for pigs and acorns down for pigs, the pigs are going to the acorns every time. So he's finishing those for 60 days, putting 25 pounds of that beautiful white fat on them, right? And we've just gotten it. We're playing with it for the last three weeks in our restaurant. I hope to get by and see him today on the way home. And the things our chefs are doing and their excitement level with it is off the chart. Really? Terrines, galatins, uh, wild pig braises. Uh, we're going to have one out at our farm on a spit here pretty soon, doing a farm table dinner with our clams and our, you know, and all of the, the, the produce from the farm and the hemp crackers and the things that we're doing with hemp. That's another story. We're raising. Uh, we're Let me raising ask you, how, how do they catch these? How are they? Ca- I know people kill the pigs. They go out and hunt them, the wild pigs, the well, wild boars. People, yeah, but like, how do you catch it in order to 
finish it, to yeah, flatten it out. Well, that's one of the most exciting things you'll ever do if you're a hunter because you go out and you, uh, and you catch them with, um, they run them with dogs and the dogs catch them and then, uh, and then they bring them back alive, right? So the dogs will just grab them and hold them until the cowboys come and they put the pig in a pen and bring it to wherever it's going. Now, you know, a lot of people then too, you don't want to take that pig then because that pig is all amped up. These pigs are going back and they're sitting around for 60 days having a very nice time eating a smorgasbord, being treated very well, probably a little music going on, a little flirtation, and then they take them out when they're very happy. That's the way I want to go, well-fed. Are, <laughs> are they breeding them at all during that time? or? Well, they are breeding because they're pigs, and there's boy pigs and girl pigs, <laughs> and there's little pigs running around, yeah. Oh, So yeah. where is this that you're talking about? Where is this facility it's called shogun farm and it's in uh sefner florida okay and then are you buying from them and your chefs are making dishes from this yes ma'am what are they making well one of the first things they did was a uh, porchetta so i love game right i don't eat a lot of store-bought meat because i'm lucky enough that i get elk in montana every year and venison our farm in tallahassee where we grow blueberries organic blueberries that we use in our restaurants uh, but I've always aspired to porchetta. Like, I would just love to be able to do a good porchetta. And there's a restaurant in New York that does a good porchetta. you got to go. My Tell guys me what porchetta made, is. Porchetta is when you take the whole side of the pig from behind the shoulder to in front of the ham. And you peel all of that off in one piece like a doormat, like a big pork belly. So you have the loin and all of that from the top that runs down the backbone, right? And then the area of, of the ribs, and then you have the pork belly. So you have that big doormat-like. And then we took fennel fronds from the farm and herbs from the farm and garlic. Our chef Rich did this and laid that all out on it. And then you roll that up. Now, it's got the hide on too, right, that crispy, that crisp up. You roll that up, you tie it in a log, and then you cook it all together, and then you slice it across the, the grain. It was, it was beyond fabulous. Uh, they're making galatines with this. They're making head cheese that's wrapped in bok choy from the farm. And if people want to see it, uh, go on my Instagram page. Uh, it's Ed Childs with a lower case, lower slash, uh, and you'll see not only the wild you mean pigs, like Ed but you'll see under slash child. Thank you, okay. Ed under slash Childs. Right. And then you'll see everything you'll do. You'll see dry-aged kingfish. You'll see what we're doing with mullet. You'll see what we're doing with grouper collars. You know, we're doing grouper skin crackers. Grouper skin crackers. Fabulous. Huh. Who knew? Who knew? This guy, he's a, he's a real sharp guy, and he's very passionate about this, and he's got the wherewithal. Like I said, he knows how to, you know, machinery and all of these and is he hunting them himself or people are he's hunting them, them he's hunting he's them both okay so if people have got a pig problem you want to call shogun farm those things i had one chase me one time i was walking my dog through my neighborhood it was a new neighborhood and we stopped and there was a boar digging through some azalea bushes and it turned around and looked at me and my little puppy and then started coming at us yeah, they can, <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to get one cornered you know, they, they, he wasn't uh, even cornered. He just yeah. chased us down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like they'd be too tough and gamey. That's a that is really a um, 
what do you call that, a fable? or A myth? A, a, it's a misconception. Wild game is not gamey unless you haven't treated it right. If you shoot the right animal, that's where it starts, right? And then you make sure you take care of that animal. You've got to get it viscerated. You've got to cool it down. You need to hang it if it's a deer. I like to hang two weeks with the hide on. You need to break it down right. And then the most important part is cook it right. If you overcook it, you are done. You are gray. You are tough. Unless you're going to stew it or braise it. Cook it. Marinate it with fresh herbs and garlic. And cook it rare on your grill quickly. You can always put it back on and slice it across the grain, and it's so good it'll make you slap your grandmother. <laughs> well, but the but the pigs, the wild pigs, need to be. You said they need to be finished. They catch no, them, ma'am. and he fattens them up. No, for ma'am. 60 they're days. they are good without finishing, but they're better if you finish them right. Mm-hmm. So it's already good. Um, now you get an old boar hog or something; it's going to be stronger. Again, if somebody hadn't taken care of it right, but Keith Mann, who had the other pig place before they quit doing it uh, the wild pig operation he always said to me there's no good pigs and bad pigs there's just uh, choice cut pigs and sausage pigs right (laughs) but that's what it should be about it should be about full utilization ed charles it has been a pleasure talking to you (laughs) (laughs) thanks what was once a vacant lot is now an urban oasis The mission of the St. Petersburg Eco Village Community Garden is to reconnect people with nature. Producer Dalia Colon recently surveyed the bounty with Emmanuel Rue. He's a longtime restaurateur who's part of a small army of volunteers who use their food knowledge to educate the public about nutrition, including a group of teenagers from a local nonprofit who stopped by for a tour while Dalia was visiting. So this is the farm. This is the farm, 15th Street Farm in St. Petersburg, in the heart of St. Pete. You really are in the heart of St. Pete. And I honestly drove around the block several times going, where is this place? And then here it is. It's like an oasis in the desert. So can you just describe where we are, how large is the property, and um, what? paint a picture for me. What goes on here? Originally, nine years ago, it was uh, a vacant lot. And because they couldn't make a parking lot for Tropicana Field, the city wouldn't allow it, uh, we turned it into an urban farm. And we've uh, brought in a lot of yard waste from the city, composted yard waste. We've brought in about 300 tons. So we are recycling waste from the city and making very healthy soil. And we're growing vegetables, and it is our main mission is to be an educational resource for the community. But we're also in the process of building an events barn with a commercial kitchen, and we're going to have some cooking classes, field-to-fork dinners, and nutrition classes. That is so cool. Now, when you say we, who do you mean? It's, you know, you don't do these things alone. There is a whole group of volunteers. There is uh, somebody who is uh, financing it, who's made it all uh, possible. And what we do is uh, tasting tours of the garden. And people are blown away by the number of different flavors and textures 
from the vegetables that they experience over 30 or 50 feet because uh, we grow a lot of things that people are not used to finding in the supermarket. And I do want to ask you, maybe you can take me on a, an abbreviated tasting tour in Absolutely, a few minutes here, but sure. who's here today? Uh, here we have a group of kids from, um, they are mostly teenagers, uh, from Cell Future. So my name is Madeline Manlove. I'm the education director for Sail Future. Uh, Sail Future is a child welfare nonprofit that provides wraparound services and sailing experiences to teenage boys in the foster care system. So we are here today um, as part of school. We run a school along with a residence, uh, a sailing program, and we'll hopefully come here more and be more uh, partners with the, with the community garden, getting the boys involved in learning about health and learning about cooking um, and learning about how they can be good stewards of the environment. Wow, what a cool day of school, huh? Why is it important for the boys to kind of get their, get their fingernails dirty and get in the dirt and see where their food comes from? Uh, I think that so many of us are disconnected from where our food is actually coming from, especially um, teenage boys. <laughs> and so who, who would rather eat, you know, Cheetos and sodas than, uh, than vegetables from the garden? So I think that coming here and, and seeing what they can eat, what food actually does look like, um, and how they can potentially prepare it back at the house. Um, and, which, and grow it. I love, I'm 15 years old. My name is Angel Alvarado and I'm 14 years old. So what do you think of this place? I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm not into gardens and stuff, but this one's very nice, though. It's, it's organized, it's nice, it's calming. It's bright. It is bright, it's okay. Hot. It's hot. Well, that's Florida. <laughs> Angel, you said it's calming. Describe what it looks like and what makes it so calming, do you think? That it's just plants everywhere. You can hear the birds. You can just hear the plants rubbing against each it's other. the vibe. It's just like, like, like the vibe is just chill. The vibe is chill. You sound like yeah. you're talking about a nightclub, it's but it's like a it's like a Khaled vibe, you know, singer. <laughs> yeah. Can we walk and talk? Absolutely. Okay. So here we have shishito peppers, and the shishito peppers are absolutely wonderful grilled in a cast iron pan or on a grill with a little bit of olive oil. After you take them off the grill, you add a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper, maybe a little bit of parmesan or a little sriracha sauce, and it is it is an absolute treat. I like that right off the bat with the cooking tips. Okay, let's <laughs> let's keep going. And, and the fresher they are, the better they are. It doesn't get any fresher than this. No, that's right. And behind you, we have some collards. Next to you... Whoa, can we just stop on the collards? The collards are like half my height. How do you get everything so robust? We don't do it. Mother Nature does it. Here, we don't grow vegetables. We take care of the soil. And nature grows the vegetables. Give me some tips for taking care of the soil, because I try to grow stuff at home, and it does not come out like this. Well, what am I doing wrong? Because in Florida, we have a lot of sand, and you need to add a lot of organic material, and you need to add fungi and uh, bacteria to break it down to make the nutrients available to the plants. Right. It is the same thing that happens in our digestive system. So this is why it is so important 
to eat vegetables that are grown in the soil. Uh, they will be a lot more nutritious and they will also have bacteria on it that we need for our um, digestive system. It is particularly important for toddlers because it is in the first three years of life that we acquire the gut microbiome that we're going to keep for the rest of our lives. I have a three-year-old about to turn three, so you're freaking me out a little bit. I got I to gotta do some catching up. Go get him right now. <laughs> okay, we'll finish this later. No, but seriously, um, okay, let's keep going. I see a lot of color. So Are those... here, I'm going to have you try something <clears throat> here. So this is radicchio? Yes. Okay. And and it I'm just going to on the, on the eat it straight out of the ground. Okay. Uh, it's beautiful. And I just eat it? Yes. Okay. And the radicchio, when you open it, it will oh, be all say that red. Again? The radicchio is a very big lettuce. And inside is what you find in the supermarket, which is violet and that is what is mixed with fancy salads i've seen some radicchio the heart of radicchio for sale in new york for 38 dollar a pound amazing <laughs> only in new york so radicchio is bitter and uh, when you eat it like this you probably felt the bitterness yep Everything that is bitter is very good for you, essentially for your immune system, because it puts your immune system on alert and uh, it gives it a boost. When you use radicchio like this, the green leaves, you mix them in a salad uh, with other lettuce. It uh, really becomes uh, very mild and very, uh, very pleasant. It adds texture because it is a little leathery. So it is not just the the crunchiness of the iceberg or the the mildness of uh, butter lettuce. This adds another layer of uh, texture and flavor. That's a great tip to kind of um, make it more mild by mixing it with other greens. Because that was good and very fresh, but that was a it straight a radicchio. Challenging, yes. Challenging, <laughs> challenging. That's a nice euphemism for it. Um, walk me through. What else do we have here? I mean, there's so much. We'll never get to it all. We have. This is a Chinese cabbage. It is uh, called Tokyo Becana. And uh, you can eat the leaves in a salad, so it would be a very nice complement to radicchio. And the stems, or the stems and the leaves, can be stir-fried. So with a little bit of uh, sesame oil, a little uh, soy sauce, uh, it makes a wonderful, uh, wonderful dish. I love how you have a suggestion for everything. Um, what's your background? How did you get into this? Oh, I come from a long line of uh, farmers in um, France and uh, North Africa. I'm French, but I was born in uh, North Africa in Tunisia. We've always had vegetable gardens and uh, cattle and chicken and all this, so I'm very much at ease in it. Uh, my name is Jonathan McGregor, and I'm 15 years old. I didn't know how many diversity of like vegetables you can try. Like all I've grew up around was broccoli and cauliflower, green beans, but there's many different vegetables here you could try and you could take some home. 
I just would like to thank Emmanuel for giving Sail Future this opportunity to come here. And I did not think that it I came here tired. Like, I was not awake at all. And just being around all these plants got me woken up and ready to go out and plant seeds and grow, grow my own. I just didn't expect for the, there to be this much diversity of food. And this is only the beginning. There's more. Oh, there's ten times more. <laughs> all right guys all right guys now if there's 10 times more of this i need to go where these plants are the boys seem really surprised that they had a good time is that a typical reaction that type of surprise it is a typical reaction and the reason is very simple here we reactivate our epigenetic memory for hundreds of thousands of years, our ancestors depended on nature for food, clothing, for everything. Over the last 75 years, thanks to Walmart, Target, and Publix, we've been disconnected. And what happens here, and it happens here on a farm, but it could happen in a forest, we reconnect with nature. Here we're surrounded by trees, we're surrounded by plants that have, all of them, exude smells that talk to our bodies. We don't perceive them necessarily in a conscious way, but it is in our subconscious. And every cell in our body reawakens to nature. And this is what happens here. That's Emmanuel Rue speaking to producer Delia Cologne about the St. Petersburg Eco Village Community Garden. You can see photos of the farm at our website, thezestpodcast.com. And Emmanuel sent us a personal recipe for cooking some of these gorgeous garden vegetables. You'll find it at the website, thezestpodcast.com. That's all for today. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at The Zest Podcast. Visit us at thezestpodcast.com for recipes and for stories that you might have missed. And be sure to subscribe to The Zest on our website or on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Robin Sussingham. Delia Cologne and I produce The Zest with help from Craig George, Megan Trimble, and Mark Hayes. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media.